As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. You can set your watch by a City thrashing of Watford these days, can't you? To underline how dominant City have been in this fixture, Saturday's 5-1 thumping made it 15 consecutive competitive matches in a row that they've beaten Watford, setting a new English record. Welcome to this week's Wireways Us. This is your City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined by Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hello. Uh, Sam, do you know how many goals City have scored in those 15 consecutive wins over Watford? And for for, uh, context, Watford have eight in that time against City. Eight. Right, um... I mean, it's roughly. The uh, thing is, going back to the title ones, I'm thinking it's roughly five per game, but going back to the title ones is more like two. I remember a last minute one with Pellegrini. Um, 60, something like that. That is not a bad shout. It's 58. Oh, okay. Two off, which for 15 games isn't like is, is an incredible record, really. Yeah, and did you see the stat as well? They become the first Premier League team to ever beat another Premier League team 15 times in a row. It's never happened before. Yeah, I mentioned it a minute ago in the intro. <laughs> Morning, everyone. So uh, that's uh, that's that's how we're feeling. Uh, you can read everything on the Athletic right now for one pound a month for six months. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod and sign up. You'll get these podcasts without the ads as well. That's at theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. Um, and Sam, I saw you've got a, a piece up today that um, is, is will be a nice compliment to uh, today's, but or the other way around. Today's podcast will be a nice compliment to your piece. Um, because uh, we're not actually going to specifically talk about City's win over Watford today. Just one aspect of it, and that's Gabriel Jesus. He's had a good week on the pitch, but off it, there have been very strong links to a move away and a move to Arsenal might be on the cards. So let's unpack the whole situation. Let's start with Guardiola's thoughts on his display against Watford, shall we? I said before, if there is one person in the world football who deserves nights like uh, like Gabriel had, is him. So... I'm pretty sure there is no one person in the mates uh, staff, backroom staff, uh, uh, all the people who knows him, that today was not not happy for him. So, but all we had chances, the stats in terms of goals, assists, and the many things that the people, not the people, I think a lot of people is realize what he is able or capable to do is without the ball. It doesn't matter position, striker, wingers, and he's uh, a so young player. He's a yeah, we are the light of him, and he helped us. He helped us a lot to win, to win this game, and uh, because of course the assist for Alex, the assist from Kevin, 
uh, are were, were um, fantastic, but he has to be there. He has to be there. And uh, yeah, it's so generous. And when you behave always in positive way and and to help at the end, life, football, reward you what you deserve. Now, uh, Saturday's game saw some absolute classic foxing in the box by him um, for goals one and two. And then there was a penalty, which he, ne- I mean, you say this with most City players that you're never that confident when they step up, but particularly Jesus is one of those that's not one that fills me with confidence when the ball's on the spot. Um, and he slotted that away nicely and then uh, nicely laid off one, two and finished for his fourth. So what, what did you make of his display, son? Well, yeah, it was great. Um, and the thing is, obviously, he set up he set up the other goal and that was him. Well, he kind of had the ball and lost it, but then won it back. And then he set up his own penalty as well by putting the left back under pressure like 10 seconds into the second half. Um, and then and then chased it down and went around Foster and won the penalty. So it was kind of the, the perfect display, really. And if City had really pushed on in the last 20 minutes, not so much pushed on, but done anything. Like the last 20 minutes was just a washout basically which is fine when you're 5-1 up you can afford to do that and obviously they got Madrid on Tuesday so so what why overexert yourself too much um but if this had been you know other circumstances and a different game with a bit more motivation to to play the last 20 minutes he might have got five or six because it was one of those games where everything went right for him yeah you'll have to help me out a bit because I was in Marseille airport so I didn't see anything of the game uh did he play as a striker in this one no he played on the right ah right okay um so he played on the right but it was very obvious early on that whenever the ball went out wide, I think I'm right in saying even in in any area really, but particularly on the right, so Cancelo's side because he played right back, um, he would just go, he would go very central. And even when City were building up in that kind of middle stage, he would tuck in within kind of the width of the penalty area. So he wasn't staying wide. He was very narrow. Um, the first goal, he was that kind of, he was in that kind of, far side striker because the, the ball came in from the left but he'd, he'd, he'd come in that narrow he was basically in the middle of the goal for the second goal a City were attacking down the right he'd come in very narrow on the right hand side um, the ball ended up going back out to the left and he stayed there Jesus uh, sorry Sterling dropped off to kind of link the play and then Sterling obviously noticed that Jesus was in the middle so Sterling kind of took the, the right sided role but when the ball came in for De Bruyne that's why Jesus was in the middle um, and then his third goal was the penalty, but obviously he won that from pressing down, the left yeah. back uh, as a right winger. And the yeah, the 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 fourth goal was yeah from that in kind of tucked in inside position where he kind of helped lead the counter attack forward, gave it out to De Bruyne who was the wider. Um, and yeah, he he stayed in that inside right position. So no, he was often in inside the penalty area in those areas, and he was often in the central striker area. But he he, he did he did play the game on the right wing, and City left. You know, I, I tweeted during the game, but Watford's back four was having a terrible time because obviously, when you've got five, like Atletico Madrid, but obviously they had five midfielders as well, and they're very good at shuffling across. But when you've got four at the back, if City switched the play, which obviously the whole cut basically the whole game plan is built around then if you've only got four compared to five you've got a big space to shuffle across and the amount of time City had loads of space on either the right or left for the switch was incredible really so I think City would have said right well Cancelo De Bruyne you get out of there Gabby you stay narrow and we'll do it that way and that's how a lot of the goals came really yeah Um, because I it's interesting that um kind of that's how it how it panned out because at the start of the season, we were told he basically doesn't consider himself a striker anymore. He considers himself someone who plays wide and, and kind of contributes that way. Um, 
so it's like it feels like that is we've gone all season without City playing a central striker, and like the we have the we we have the situation where whenever I'm on other podcasts or whenever I'm I'm talking about City to non City fans, I always get asked why is Gabriel Jesus not been not been playing through the middle more, and like they they always, people always find the answer. Oh, he considers himself a wide player and he wants to play wide these days as as a really weird sort of answer because like with no Aguero there with with nobody in his way the striking position should be there for someone who is a central striker. So uh, like where's he at? Is he still is he still saying well uh, actually I want to be a, a wide player? Well, I mean, there's so the whole the whole reason. The main reason we're talking about this, I guess, is because he scored four goals. But the obviously, obviously, the interesting thing is that he's been linked with Arsenal, and not just linked with Arsenal. You know, Arsenal strongly, have, yeah, yeah. Arsenal have been having conversations um, with with him. So, well, his agent, um, and but now there's talk about him wanting to to play number nine again. Um, but I think it's basically whatever gives him a best chance to play for Brazil. And so this is in my article today, and I don't know if I'm skipping ahead a few a few topics here, but in terms of that Arsenal interest and, and his future and stuff, and I think this is a good place to start really rather than the the usual should City keep him, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, yeah. because that's a really frustrating debate for me because I think it's very simple, but I find it very difficult to put succinctly. Basically, yes, because he's a good option, but like... You, there's going to be millions of games where you're really frustrated with him for not taking his chances. And Anfield last weekend was a really good example. But if if he's a good squad player and he's got a great attitude, which he has, then do keep him. But now it's got to the stage where his contract's up in a year, and it's not it's not our you know we have no say in this debate. Not that we ever did. But now it's like should we keep him? Yeah. Well, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter he's, what we. He's got to sign a contract, doesn't because he? Because it's up to him. And if he wants to go, then. He's going to go, and obviously City's hand will be forced because he's got a year left. They want to get some money for him. So yeah, now in terms of where does he want to play, I think it's wherever's going to help him play for Brazil at the World Cup, and that's that's important. That's important for Gundogan as well. I've mentioned this, um, so I've mentioned before how there's a chance of Gundogan leaving in the summer. But I mentioned it on that live athletic podcast we did with Nadim about a month ago. Um, I think for him, so it's interesting because for him, I would say he's not been playing in too many different positions. But I think maybe it's the change in role because he not, normally plays as a number eight, doesn't he? Yeah. The double days have gone, but obviously there's games where he does drop back in, and obviously there's games where he's making the runs into the box and whatever. So he's always been a number eight, but his role's different. But I think for him, because he was ready to retire from international football after the Euros, but he spoke to Hansi Flick and he was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll, if I'm going to be part of your plans, and I'll I'll keep going," but. Like as much as the manager wants him to be part of the plans, if 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 he's not getting that regular game time at City, but more importantly, if he's not playing in a regular role, which he thinks, if he is, will help him play at the World Cup, then that's where he might look to to go somewhere else. And so I think it's the same for Jesus. He wants to play for Brazil at the World Cup. He wasn't even in the most recent Brazil squad. La like Firmino wasn't in it either. I mean, I've not checked, actually. Was Firmino injured? I don't think he was. Maybe he was. But anyway, Jesus wasn't in it. Um, they've got a variety of different forwards they can use. Um, and I suppose the thing is, as well, with the World Cup, is it's obviously in November. If it was in the summer... It's a different you could, story. You could see, again, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's harder. You might say he's already missed the boat. But I suppose the fact he scored four yesterday and Brazil's assistant manager was there and others. So that, that will obviously help. Um, so that, you know, if, if the World Cup was in the summer, you'd think, okay, you've got 
a bit of a chance if you if you keep this up to the end of the season. But obviously, we know from five years now that's a big if, isn't it? It's not yeah. ne- it's not necessarily going to happen. But the fact is, in November, it's like right, okay, well, strong end to the season. Maybe you stay at City. Maybe you go, okay, yeah, things have changed. Maybe I'm, I'm playing every time. I'm going to stay here. Um, but I move somewhere else, play regularly, get a few goals. By the time they're picking the squad in like October, end of October. He's in the thinking. He's, he's back yeah. in it. So yeah, that is a, a kind of a big consideration for him. But also, it's that thing of same as same as Fernandinho. Fernandinho wants to play, even though he's thirty-seven. So he's going to move back to Brazil. Raheem Sterling. We've done this earlier in the season when Raheem Sterling was. Did he get Player of the Month? Premier League Player of the Month in January or December? Uh, that's a good Maybe question. December. And and like he was playing regularly for City. He was playing well. He was doing well on the right hand side. And there was a story that he was going to sign his new contract. And it, it kind of seemed a no brainer that okay, yeah, well, you know, he's back in the team now. He's playing. But obviously, I went and spoke to people close to that situation. They were like, well, they'd only sign a new contract if it gets to the end of the season. And he's still playing because he knows that last year in March and April, when the big games came around, he was out of the picture. So if that happens again, then he's not, he's not going to want to sign that contract because why would you tie yourself for another four or five years to somewhere where you're not playing regularly and you want to play? So that's a situation with him. And so, I don't know, he hasn't played that much, has he? He's, he, you know, he, he's kind of, he, when he has played, it's not been in the, hmm, I've played against Liverpool. I'm, I'm trying to weigh that one up. I'm trying to work out how he would feel. But I, I get the feeling that he's not in the position in the City squad where he would want to be. And so at the moment, I'd say it's unlikely he's going to sign a new contract. But obviously, if he plays in the Champions League semi-finals and the final and the big Premier League games, it could change. Yeah. And, I've, and that's relevant to Jesus because he wants to play. And now we've had this last summer where we talked about all the players who could go or wanted to go. And, you know, some of them were... You know, some of them, when they don't play, not great attitude. So, in the past, we've talked about Laporte, we've talked about Cancelo. The cl- the not that Cancelo, Cancelo wanted it? to yeah. go, but like, you know, just kind of disengaged from the rest of the squad, bit pissed off, arsey. You know, when Guardiola talks about no bad faces, it's like those are the guys. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think if there's others. I'm not sure. Not sure. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure there probably are, but I can't think of specific examples. But they, those were two. But, um, but then, like you say. I wrote this about Fernandinho earlier in the season. I didn't know he was going to go, but I was like, look, it seems obvious to us that he could stick around to be a coach, but he wants to keep playing. And also, he's he's like, he's pissed off when he doesn't play, but, you know, it's ultimately professional. He's never going to moan about it, and it's not a problem. So that's fine. Keep him around. But now it's got to the crunch time, and he's like, okay, I'm going to go play. So again, to bring it back to Jesus, when Guardiola talks about, you know, if there's one player I'm happy about, like happiest about, it's him. I was trying to think because obviously he's he's won for hyperbole a bit, isn't he, Pep? Yeah. So I was trying, but I was trying to think other City players that he would say that about, and I thought of Zinchenko, Bernardo. And, oh yeah, Bernardo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Bernardo plays more, doesn't he? So, yeah. I mean, in terms of like attitude and being a great guy, obviously there's loads of good attitude players and great guys. You know, for, in fact, Fernandinho as well. Basically, it's all the guys with a great attitude who don't play a lot. And so that's probably Ake as well. So those four, and then obviously you've got guys with great attitude who do play a lot, like, you know, De Bruyne and, and Gundogan and, and Bernardo and whatever. So, yeah, um, there's probably a few, but Jesus is definitely in that camp of... Like the the thing we've the reason we've been able to have this debate for five years about is he good enough should he go etc cetera, etc cetera, is because he doesn't play a lot 
when he comes in, sometimes he does a sometimes he does a job, sometimes he doesn't. Yesterday was a spectacular example of him doing a job um, against Liverpool. Uh, the end the, the FA Cup was an example of him not doing a job. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Is it the Watford performance, though, the exact reason why he frustrates people sometimes? Because yeah. he pulls out a performance like that, but then has games like uh, at Wembley where he you know, he, he goes through one-on-one and you kind of, you're kind you in that position where you go, that's one of those chances at the time of the game. You just have to score it. Yeah, I mean, so... Loads of stuff I saw on Twitter yesterday and, and today in response to the, the article is definitely keep him. And obviously everyone's saying get rid of Sterling because obviously Sterling missed a couple of big chances yesterday. And loads of people are saying just keep Jesus, keep Jesus. And it's like, so my, my stance has always been they should because he's a great squad player to have. Um, but I, I do wonder how much is like very recency bias. You know what I mean? Like yeah. yesterday bias. And, and like, so I think City Extra would like sum up Gabriel Jesus in one word. And I looked at the replies, and it was all like, stay amazing. And I'm like, if you'd asked this after the Liverpool game, or basically if you'd have asked this like two months ago when he hadn't played a Premier League game for a month still, like, I, I'm sure the answers would be completely different. Maybe I'm wrong, because I know, I know City fans do appreciate him. I'm not saying he's a really unpopular player, but I think the overall picture is a lot less positive than what it is today. But the point I'm trying to make is. We've been able to have this debate for five years because he doesn't really play enough to, and doesn't play well enough, often enough, for it to be a no-brainer. Yeah. It's kind of been able to tick along. So now, going back to the Fernandinho point and the Sterling point um, and others, now he's got a year left on his contract and even though he's got this great attitude, he does want to play. So now it's basically the crunch do you want to go somewhere else for a knockdown price? Are there clubs interested? Yes, finally, there are clubs interested. Yes, finally, City's hand has been forced a bit because City have been willing to listen to offers for him for years, like years, but it would have been like 70 million, 90 million. And if they could get somebody who's even better. So it's not like they've been like, we got to get rid of this guy. He's a fucking waste of space. It's been like, well, Gabby's good, really good, and he's good for us. But if we can get... Jao Felix, if we can get Harry Kane, if we can get Erling Haaland, and somebody wants to pay for him, then it's something we'd do. But that's never really happened. But now it's like, okay, well, our hands are tired a bit. We kind of need somebody to come and pay some money. And he's thinking, okay, well, if I can't play here, I'm just going to go and play somewhere else. Yeah, Because I'm a great guy. I don't kick up a first when I don't play, but I would like to go and play now. So I'm going to go and do that. And I think that's kind of where it's at now. So we can sit and have the conversation of should City keep him 
is he worth it? But that was an easy conversation to have when he had two or three years left on his contract. But now he's got one. Less it's so. not. It's not really up to City. It's not really up to us. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, the the point I was going to make in 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 all of that is, uh, like, if he ever was going to establish himself as City's main striker, he'd have done it by now, wouldn't he? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Aguero hasn't been here all season. He was injured for most of last season, and for those two years when when Aguero wasn't available, Guardiola's generally gone with a false nine. And well, the thing is, Jesus can play false nine, and he did. He was playing it last season before Guardiola like fully adopted it. But then, towards the end of the season, he wasn't being picked. Like he can play false nine very well. He drops off a lot, but he, the interesting thing is he generally hasn't done it. And the thing why they like Kane is because he can be a false nine and a striker. And it's like if there's anyone with those characteristics in the squad, it's Jesus. He Jesus. can be a false nine, but he can get in the box as well. And like Guardiola said, there's Zinchenko and De Bruyne across his regret, but you've got to be there. But obviously, and he was there. He does kind of have those. Hmm, he has those instincts up to a point. But the reason we're talking about him being a winger is because at the start of the season, obviously Guardiola was saying he's got more of like a winger. He's better at link-up play, and Ferran Torres has got more of the striker movements than he has. So he's not, you know, he's obviously not got the the proper strikers poachers instincts. And again, that's part of the Aguero thing. But um, yeah, it it was quite obvious at the end of last season when. Guardiola was using the false nine, but not using Jesus. It was kind of like, and the way that everyone was talking about it, like it was almost like he'd been forgotten. It was like Torres yeah. at the start of the season when everyone was, I'll sit, he started the season really well, despite not having Foden or De Bruyne. They've been great. And it's like Torres hadn't played either, but nobody ever mentioned him because it was yeah. kind of an afterthought. And I think that's kind of where Jesus has got to at times. And then obviously he comes back to life and burst onto the scene with four goals, or he had that great game against Real Madrid a couple of years ago, or came on well not came on but came out from the cold having not started a Premier League game for like three months to play against Liverpool the other week and you know he could play probably I don't know probably play against Real Madrid in the week yeah. uh, you know if City haven't got any right backs could he play right wing back I think so yeah is he still very so. hard on himself when he misses chances because I remember he gave an interview uh, I, think, I think it was after he scored a hat-trick against Dinamo Zagreb in yeah, 2019 did, yeah. and I think the phrase he said was something like he wants to kill himself when he misses chances I want to sh- like, shoot, shoot, shoot myself that was yeah, it yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like uh, just like wow you've just scored a hat-trick mate let's just <laughs> let's, let's just kind of roll back a bit on this um, but he's like I, I, I just he, he seems a very emotional guy in that sense yeah I think I think it's something he's he has he has worked on in the way that kind of footballers work on themselves, and he worked on himself a hell of a lot. Like yeah. I wrote an article. In fact, I'll, I'll post it again because I've wrote a lot of Jesus articles. When I was, I, I knew going into the game that I'd probably be writing about Jesus, given the Arsenal stuff. But I've read my articles that I've written on him already, and I walked, they're all the same. Basically, it's all well. He's good at this, and is it enough? And he's not good at this, and blah blah blah. But I was like, the one last year I did was was. It was pretty good, actually. I was like, I don't know, I don't know if I can really expand on that. I'd rather just be able to retweet it and go home and not write anything new because <laughs> um, it's the same thing. But obviously, with the Arsenal thing, and now it's moved on to a year left. I said what I've just said, basically. You know, it basically is his decision and wants to go and play and play for Brazil. So that's the new stuff. But yeah, I did write an article in lockdown about. Um, I did an interview with his personal trainer, and like the the amount of detail that top-level footballers have in their preparations is eye-opening. But also the amount of work that Jesus does is really impressive. So I'll, I'll, I'll try and dig that out and put it on my on my Twitter later on. Um, so yeah, he, he does a lot of work on himself in terms of beating himself up. I mean, the last conversation I had with somebody about that a few months ago was, yeah, he's still like that. So, And I think that's another thing. Like I think top-level strikers, if they miss a chance, they just forget it and carry on. 
Yeah, it's what, you know, it's what Jesus, Guardiola, he probably yeah. thinks about it for about six months. It's which what is Guardiola was saying, isn't it? Yeah, it's what Guardiola was saying about Edison a few weeks ago. Yes, um, he was. Yeah, when he says like he makes a mistake, he's he's still grounded. If he you know if he pulls off a great save, he's still grounded. It's it's kind of like finding that finding that balance. Um, we've been talking a lot uh, about the rumors linking to him uh, linking him to Arsenal. Sam, um, let's hear what Guardiola's uh, Guardiola was asked about it after the game. Let's see what he said. I want to tell you something. Gabriel is a player of us and. Uh... I don't know what's going to happen, but belongs to Manchester City. And uh, but G- Gabriel doesn't d- doesn't need to do a performance like today, score four goals to know exactly what to do. So against Liverpool, if I had two clear chances man to man, he missed it, missed it. But always there. And the goal who Jack scored, he gave it to him. And Gabriel has this incredible ability. You know, is a I don't know how because because he's always thinking what is the best for the team for the the movements. Thousand million movements that they don't get the ball in the street to do thousand million more movements for the other ones, and and especially personally, always it happened to me when he had nights like like today. I'm the happiest man in the world because always is there. Don't play the day after training like uh, like it was <laughs> the last day. That's why he will have a long career. They will have a success career. With incredible positive in his mind and always for the team, for the team. And when that happened, good things are going to happen in his life. That's for sure. And I, I'm older than him and I know what I'm talking about. Listen, what we happen, listen, I know you put these kind of questions to put my words and never happen. I, I know what I'm talk, you are talking about. So listen, what we have done this season, we have done it with Gabriel. Gabriel, I want the best. But every player is happy here when play all the time, 90 minutes, every game, every game. At the end of the season, maybe I said, no, no, I won't extend the contract, we convince him to stay, or maybe he decided, no, no, I want more minutes, I want to leave. Nobody knows. Now I don't care. It's about the new newcomings, about the players. That, that was just one focus. We have seven games, potential eight games for the end of the season. We have less than one month, maybe three weeks and a few days. That's all. Only I'm concerned, and I know Gravel is going to happen, and all the players to play today, that all the players play the game against Brighton. is going to do everything. To every single game we're going to play, try to win. What's going to happen is going, nobody knows it's going to happen. Nobody knows. So. That's why it's not the big problem. So I was going to ask after that, Sam, if it was mischievous to read into it that that yes, Jesus wanted to leave to play more games, but uh, that it's it, it kind of feels like Guardiola's made peace with it, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm all. I, I mean, I shouldn't be like this because it's pretty obvious to me. But obviously, after being literally shouted down in person at a Blue Moon Live podcast event talking about the Aguero Guardiola situation, <laughs> I'm kind. Of, I, I'm a bit wary about talking about reading between the lines, but. I mean, yeah, it's like, and and like the whole. Oh, he he, he avoided the he avoided the question where he refused to answer. Blah 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 is typical kind of tabloid stuff. But like, ask directly if you want a player to stay, and then he's like, "Look, I I know what the question means," and he, he's right. Like, it's it is an opportunity for Guardiola to say, "Yeah, it'd be great," but obviously he knows he can't really say that because the chances are he is leaving. Yeah, um, and that's why he he said, "Look, I know what you're doing," but if he really, if Guardiola knew what he was doing in terms of answering the question you just say yeah I'd love him to he's great um, but then obviously it, it can create a situation later on it's like oh well Jesus is leaving and Guardiola said he wanted him to stay and so he's kind of it's difficult to not to tie yourself in knots with all this when you're trying to second guess how the media will work and managers are doing it all the time so when I asked Klopp the other week about 
City playing more like Liverpool. He was like, yeah, but that's fine. It's not a problem. I was like, didn't say it was a problem, did I? Yeah. <laughs> Just an observation, mate. But I thought it was pretty good, actually. But, you know, they've got to be so careful what they say. So, yeah, obviously Guardiola did all that. and Yeah, it's... Just talking about what a great guy he is is typical. Didn't answer the ac- actual question, but says how much he's he loves him and that nobody knows what's going to happen in the future is is classic, isn't it? So yeah. I mean, look, he might well, he, he might decide to stay if he if he plays every game now in the season and is brilliant. Then maybe he's like, oh, I love it here, let's stay. But you know, you chances know. are that's not that's not you know that's not the thought process at the minute. What what I will say on Guardiola answering questions is we're going to get an example a bit later on of how uh, there is a question that seems fairly easy to answer and uh, he he just gives an answer that doesn't really fit with what the question was and makes a really difficult way makes it really difficult for me to actually say a cue into it but we'll, we'll I'll save that as a little treat for later on. Um, we know that City won't stand in his way if he if he wants to leave. You just have to look at some of the players that have left in the past, like uh, Farron Torres, Leroy Sane, that sort of thing. Um, so let's not really get into that. But if he wants to stay um, and there is an option for City to sell him, what do you think they'll do? Should they sell him? Oh, um, so that that's that goes back to the old debate, doesn't it? Of um, is he is he good enough? Does he offer enough? But I mean, yeah, my answer on this has always been that he should stay which obviously doesn't sound controversial this morning but if you'd have asked me about this four days ago it might have been oh, what are you talking about I, um, I only think that because you said a few times on this show specifically that your thought process is that he isn't City's first choice striker and as a second choice they're probably not going to find anyone better for the money that yeah, they have to yeah, spend yeah. and it's just yeah exactly and it's just and even now yeah that there's that but also there's there's the fact that he can play on the right or the left and he's got a great attitude and we know that you know Guardiola wants players around the squad who are who are good guys and happy and except not playing and this is part of the reason he's got a squad of you know he's part of the reason he's got a small squad and you know over the last week the talk's been oh yeah add a couple more players in for depth or whatever but you know as we talked about last summer fair enough it was kind of affected by lockdowns and stuff and people weren't in the best moods in themselves which wouldn't have helped the mood in the dressing room and you know people getting sick of Guardiola and not playing and stuff would have been magnified by that and obviously this season they all get on better um, or you know, not so much get on better. They always got on well, but the mood's better in the camp, I should say. Um, like life oh, seems a bit easier, sort of thing. Yeah, in fact, you know what? It's I, I thought this yesterday because when I was driving home from the game, I heard Ralph Rangnick on the radio, and he was he was talking because. So the mad thing is, you see that Skulls clip. Skulls was like, I spoke to Lingard, and he won't mind me saying the dressing room's a disaster. Yeah, he won't <laughs> mind me saying. Sure, he will, mate. Yeah, what like. <laughs> This oh, this is why the whole thing, you know, when people say, oh, there's no quotes in an article, it's like, are you fucking mad? Like, this is why, you know, sometimes sometimes the, the sources on these things are people like Jesse Lingard, they are players, but you've got to say a source close to the player or blah, 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 because obviously you can't you can't put it to them. So for Scholes to say on TV, um, he won't mind me saying, and the, like he should have just said, I've spoken to somebody in the dressing room, because then at least, you know, could be anyone really, and it's not a serious allegation. So it's not like you're tarring them all with the same brush. It was a bit mad. And I think Lingard said after the game, he goes, I'll just keep it cordial from now on. So this is why, you know, footballers don't really speak. Um, but but yeah, so my being Rangnick was asked about it. He was like, you'd have to ask Lingard. He was like, I wouldn't dare say they get on great. But I, th- oh, it was, it was something like, oh, it was something like the atmosphere is fine. I wouldn't dare say they they get on brilliantly, but it it's fine. And it's like it immediately made me think of when I said earlier in the season, all the city players are much happier now because of you know the end of restrictions. And I was like, it's actually 
that that felt like a, a kind of nothing statement to say, oh, the dressing room's fine, they all get on. But when you compare it to what is going on at some others, like it is a it is a big statement that. Yeah. Um so yeah, so obviously J- Jesus is a big part of that. Guardiola's got a, a small squad because he's got some guys like Jesus and Zinchenko. And I've said this about Zinchenko. I've said it word for word, actually. As long as Zinchenko wants to say City should keep him for as long as possible. But like you've said, if a player does want to go, they're not going to stand in the way. So if Zinchenko wants to go, then fine. Say no more. Off you go, mate. Fair play. You've, you've been brilliant. Um, same with Jesus. But yeah, if you remove that element and he does want to stay, should City sign him up to a new contract? I would say yes, because you know, for all the obvious reasons of what he offers and what I've just said, I won't go on about that again. But now I'm just trying to think how the squad is going to look next season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The elephant in the room is that if they go and complete the signing of, of Haaland, because yeah. you've got him as the main man, and then if you if you would just look at the picture and go, okay, well, um, Jesus has moved on, the false nine options are there when Haaland isn't available or as a second choice or as an option for Guardiola when he wants to do something different. Um, you're kind of thinking, like at this stage, Jesus leaving wouldn't really be an issue if that's how it pans out. Yeah, but like if you're thinking about him as a right winger, as a, and as a good option. And like, this is something I put in the article. I think I put could, but maybe I should have used the word would. Like, which other City player could or would not play for three months in his Premier League, not start, but then be thrown in against Liverpool and say, go on, track Robertson back and score a goal, which he yeah. did. Like, that is a fantastic option to have. So the false nine option or the number nine option with Haaland, and don't forget Alvarez as well. Like, I don't know if he's going to definitely being part of the squad or City are just going to bring him in for pre-season and have a look at him like they do with a lot of players. So it's possible that he's not in the squad, but it's obviously possible that he is. We don't know. Um, but I'm trying to think, like, if Sterling goes as well, like where are these options coming from? Because you'd throw Palmer in and say maybe Palmer plays on the right. But if you lose Sterling, you're losing a lot of dynamism. And I know Jesus isn't the most dynamic, but he's pretty dynamic. So all of a sudden, if you're losing Sterling and Jesus because they're both in the same boat, they both want to leave, they both want to go and play football, and if that's how it, it pans out, and you sign Alvarez, who can what maybe play on the right, Haaland obviously is going to play through the middle. It's a it's a weird looking front line. I think we're if, presuming Mares stays for another year at least, that's okay. Foden is obviously more than okay; he's phenomenal. Popping back on the left. Um, Grealish or that's maybe Grealish needs to be drafted into midfield if Gundogan and Fernandinho go like I don't I don't know yet exactly have we, have we got a potential of a, of a really big summer of change coming yeah but I like I think they you know, obviously they want Haaland and they, and they want a midfielder I don't I don't know I don't know which um, when Mateus that Mateus from Sporting when he did a turn um, when he did a turn against City I was like, oh, 
that was good. I was like, he'll sign for Fulham. Because it reminds me, like, I'm sure like the Sporting Lisbon captain signed for Reading a few years ago. And like, I remember when like Kachoriak went to West Brom, I was like, this level that these players have, like Danny Caras, Cariso or something like that, the, the, the Sporting captain. Like these players who play at like high level in Portugal or like Europa League level in Spain, just come to like lower Premier League teams. Like that, that's where this guy's going to end up. And then he was obviously linked to City. I was like, all right, okay. I didn't. I didn't think he was that good. But um, and obviously, there's Declan Rice rumors. I mean, can you imagine the noise if City signed Harland and Rice? Like it would be mad, wouldn't it? Mm. But 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 if they were to do that, or even just get a midfielder and Harland, and obviously bring Alvarez in, but Sterling and Jesus were to go, I would still feel a bit like, where's the wings gone? Like where's the options there? Because suddenly, if Foden gets injured or Myers gets injured. You're struggling a bit. But what I was going to say was, I don't know. I don't know if there's any plans to sign a winger as well. Um, so like I say, you put Palmer in there, but hmm. yeah, I suppose I suppose Palmer, you can afford to be just intricate and, you know, play, play between the lines and, and, and not that dynamic because most of City's opponents don't let you be dynamic anyway. But hmm. It, it, it would seem like they were kind of one shot on the wings if that were to happen. So yeah. it's difficult to work out. And to go back to that question, would I personally keep him if he wanted to stay? Yes, for everything I've already said, but also for that reason, like the the kind of variety of options on the wing. But I mean, obviously, that may be irrelevant, but that's what I'd say. Yeah. Um, I know Arsenal aren't exactly Premier League rivals, um, but it, it feels a bit of an unusual decision for an outward sale of someone who's still kind of at the level that Jesus is in the first team uh, to, a, to a side kind of as high up the table as Arsenal. Um, now he's no yeah. Jack Harrison because like you, you look at, at the players that City have let go to other Premier League sides he's no Jack Harrison he was the last player that City sold to a Premier League side um, Tosin Adarabayo uh, last player with first team appearances to play to, to move to a Premier League side and then Fabian Delft the last semi-regular uh, first teamer that was sold to, to another Premier League side and they've moved to what Leeds, Fulham and um, and Everton it's not like, like Arsenal feels like a step above that do you know what I mean feels like a weird transfer in that sense yeah like and Jesus is a step above them, and Arsenal is a step above those other clubs. But at the same time, like I don't know, would it would Jesus going to Arsenal help them challenge City? I mean, maybe like in the ninety minutes, yeah, probably. But I don't over think the course of the, the season, season yeah. no. And also, like Jesus, like we say, he's he's kind of I don't know because I feel like if you haven't flourished and nailed down a position and shown your best in this team. Then going to a lesser team makes it less likely. Like I'll be saying, Jesus is going to get twenty-five Premier League goals playing regularly for Arsenal. I'm trying to work it out. Maybe if he if he's played week in week out as number nine and he gets those chances. But I do feel like we've seen enough of his finishing to know that probably not. And he's not going to move the dial too much for Arsenal. I think he'd be a good player for them. But I wouldn't say. Obviously, it's a different. It is a different level. But I suppose it illustrates the point. When Lukaku signed for Chelsea, everyone was like, okay, they can win the Premier League now. Obviously, that was wrong. You get that feeling of strong team, strong player, two and two equals four. This is going to be good. Arsenal are a good team. Jesus is a good player. But Arsenal are patchy enough and Jesus is patchy enough for it not to be that much of a problem, I would say. But also, just because Arsenal have been having talks, and obviously this is a story that came out in, was it a Brazilian reporter? And then obviously, 
we were able to ask a few questions and go, oh, shit, it's true. But, I, I mean, I do wonder, I'm sure, you know, over the years, whenever City have looked at selling him, and especially when we've kind of looked at teams he could go to, like Tottenham, obviously, with Kane last year, but, like, João Felix, when City was sniffing around him, originally a Benfica, so you wouldn't have said Jesus would go to Benfica, but when he was at Atletico Madrid, he said, I can see Jesus playing for Atletico Madrid. I mean, now, obviously, everybody would think he's too nice a lad and everyone hates Atletico because of what happened. <laughs> but in terms of that play style, I think it'd be perfect. Um, because, you know, he can bump into people and start fights, no problem at all. Like, it, fucking hell, it'd be perfect for Atletico Madrid. Um, Juventus, you could kind of see in the past, but Dortmund as well, obviously, with Haaland in the mix. You see him playing for Dortmund. Yeah. You can see him playing for a lot of these different teams. And now he's finally because of his contract situation, a lot cheaper than what City had previously priced him at. I could still see other teams coming into the mix. It's just completely hypothetical. I don't know. But if you know, if somebody were to say, okay, the Arsenal moves off because he now wants to go to, I don't know, Atletico Madrid, let's say, then, you know, I wouldn't be surprised by that. So, yeah, there's, there's, on the one hand, there's the Arsenal thing and selling to Premier League rival, but on the other hand, it may not come to that. Yeah. Um, Let's finish with a look ahead to uh, Real Madrid, Sam, because Guardiola was asked if uh, Jesus would play against Real Madrid after scoring four against Watford, um, and this is what I mean by he didn't really answer uh, because this is what he said in like that. That was a it was a pretty direct question, like how can you can you leave a player out after he's done something like that? Um, and this is what he said: Listen, when you have seventy, eighteen players fit, I would say it doesn't matter, but it's not the case. I have thirty, fourteen players fit, and of course, the last games, I uh, Kevin play a lot, a lot of minutes, and Kevin is. Is playing doesn't look like, but play with some disturbing niggles in his ankles for the kicks he got in the last in the last games, and of course before one five one I'm thinking, but not just Madrid, it's Leeds United and Madrid away in the next because I see the schedule, and you have three days, four days, four days, three days, three days, and that's why I have to yeah. In that moment I'm thinking the game is almost over. Four five one is over. And and of course I give rest for the players in the last minutes play a lot a lot of minutes we don't have central defenders so that's why Nathan played today with a big problem well, a big problem problem with the ankle and 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 that's why we have to think about it of course in the next ones but if the result was one zero two zero two one Kevin would have continued until the end that I can assure you too. So, uh, asked if Jesus will play. Never once mentioned Jesus in his answer. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's being <laughs> funny there or it's just, you know, I think the the burning topic in his mind is the kind of, the the relatively few players he's got. So, I think he's heard about this the selection and maybe he's immediately thought, I'm not going to mention Jesus for whatever reason because he's not playing against Madrid, maybe. Yeah. Um, or, I don't know, I think it's just the burning topic in his mind and it's an option for him to be like, look, this is... This is, this how is I'm the feeling. situation, and like him saying, like he could take De Bruyne off since he went to four five one, but if it was still one nil, he would have played. Like going back to the the game at Wembley the other week, like these are the people. Are, well, why were why was De Bruyne warming up then? It's like well, Guardiola wasn't going to play him anyway because he didn't want to take the risk of opening the stitches up. And then if De Bruyne hadn't played in the last two games, what would have happened? Because De Bruyne was the main difference, I would say. I know, I know Jesus got the goals, but De Bruyne was the main difference in the last two games. And it, it was probably a coincidence because after he went off, City were like, okay, the game's done. We don't have to do anything. But when he went off, I was like, I wonder if we'll just go completely flat now because he's the one driving it forward. And it did go completely flat. 
Like they did nothing basically after after De Bruyne one off. And I don't know. It's probably a bit of both. It's probably a bit of both. They probably thought the game's done. We don't need to push. But also because De Bruyne wasn't there. Yeah. But going back to the Wembley game, if the game might have gone to extra time, they probably would have had to bring him on because okay, City could win this now. You bring on one of your best players. You take a risk you don't really want to take. Um, and also you need to bring off Bernardo by that point or whoever. I can't even remember. It seems feel so long ago that game. It's like these are the like these decisions are so. You, there's no point bringing De Bruyne on when you're chasing that game because if it looks like you're losing anyway with 20 minutes to go and you and you're three one down. Look, if Jesus had scored that one on one, they maybe would have brought De Bruyne on because the game's alive then and it's a risk you take. But you think, okay, we can actually beat Liverpool here despite being three 0 down at half time. We can do this, so I'm going to do this. But that wasn't the case, so you don't bring him on. And everyone's going, oh, like Guardiola's question, well, why was he warming up then? It's like, well. There's a million different reasons. Like obviously, you, it's the the onus then is on Guardiola to answer the question. But it's like all all this moaning about selections and, and minutes and stuff. It's like, do you not think that this guy, and not just Guardiola, it's not just the case that I'm thinking, well, this guy's a genius, so I'm going to shut up. But there is a lot of, you know, the the the, the majority of my last five years of work covering City is well, what's the point of me questioning this guy? I mean. What kind of ego would I have to have to do that? <laughs> but it's like any manager in this position. I do not think they know more than we do. Like, do you not? Do you not think that? Oh, because the game is one nil against Watford, De Bruyne had to play the whole game when people would have been saying bring him off. No, because the game's still in play. Do you not think if the game was in play against Liverpool, De Bruyne would have come on? Yes, he probably would. But you've got to make these decisions, and it's like there's there's so much information that we don't have compared to what they do have. Like, just too 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 much noise. Too much yeah. noise. Um, I just want to finish, Sam, with uh, a thought on Jesus because uh, you mentioned, um, you kind of touched on this before, but I just kind of want to dig into it a little bit more. Um, Does Guardiola pick him for certain types of games? And uh, could the legs against Real Madrid be that sort of game? Um, Because he was, like like you said, he always seems to pick him against Liverpool. Um, He was the striker for both of those uh, Real Madrid legs in the COVID interrupted season and and did pretty well. Yeah, um, Aguero wasn't available for the second leg. He'd, he'd got his injury by then, uh, but he was available for the first and was an unused sub. Um, yeah, that was a proper. That was the proper Guardiola overthinking. Everyone lost their head, didn't they, for the Bernabeu game? Yeah, I remember that. Everybody went mad when Aguero didn't start then, which seems mad now because you know you just get used to it on false nines and stuff. But but then yeah, it was very different. But and Jesus yeah. played at that kind of left wing back. I wouldn't be surprised if he played right wing back. I really wouldn't. Like if you if you end up thing is you'd have to drop Zinchenko then. Which is harsh, but I suppose you've still got Jesus' height at set pieces. But also, if you're losing a bit of height, then you maybe play Laporte and Diaz if they're fit. And let's say Stones isn't, of course, because if he is, you just play right back. And then you, maybe you play Ake because he's not the tallest, but obviously he is good in the air. He's fairly good, decent in the air. Yeah. Good, good at set pieces. And then you've got Rodri as well, so that helps. Um, so I'm just trying to work out how that balance would go. And then basically, when you've got the ball, you build up with a, you keep that three. And then you you use Jesus to kind of cover those spaces on the right hand side. It'd be interesting to see. I'm almost inter- I'm I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm hoping Stones is 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 unavailable, but I'm very interested to see what Guardiola would do if there was no right back available. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Sorry. Um. Yeah, he did play very well against Real Madrid before, and I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he played against Real Madrid, even if he hadn't have done particularly well yesterday. But then, if he'd have started yesterday, was that because he wasn't planning to start at the weekend? Uh, against Real Madrid because you're probably thinking well Mahrez will come in on the right he's been rested presumably presumably um, and Foden will come in 
How, um, how much? How much does a, a, a sudden performance like that change uh, Guardiola's thinking? Because if he is, if he was kind of forward planning to not use Jesus yeah. against Madrid, could could a performance like that actually change his thinking, or would he, or would he go so. more with the sports science sort of? I've no, pressed well, him here. Yeah, and- I suppose yeah, with the sports science. But obviously, if Jesus is fit because he hasn't played all of the games in in this recent run, obviously he was banned for the second Atletico Madrid game anyway. So automatically, you're missing out. You're missing a game there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's obviously an element that you go with the sports science. I, I, I think, but um, I, I, like it's that feeling, isn't it? Guardiola says it, it, it depends on his feeling on the day, who's training well, who's got the best attitude, these kind of things. And because you know, if, if he's in that form and he's confident and he's training well and he's hungry, I think you've got to play him. Um, it's funny because I was watching match of the day this morning, and the commentator was teeing up the game saying Eddie Nketiah scored twice against Chelsea and Arteta praised him, but with this kind of tinge of maybe I should have played him more. And he starts today against Man United. And I'm thinking, well, obviously Arteta and Guardiola are very similar in that. And it's kind of when a player's hot, you've got to play them. And I think that's obviously, if, I'm not just saying you have to be Guardiola, Arteta kind of football, football mega brain level to do that. I think it's, it's obvious, but I do think that's how those two think especially and yeah. it does make me think that even if Jesus wasn't going to play against Madrid he might maybe know. now maybe now he would you, you don't because I mean the other side of the thing is you don't know there, there are some players and I feel like Jesus is one of them where you don't want to interrupt their momentum because if you do then it, 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 it could take a while for it to come back and hmm. if you've got if you've got only a few games of the season left if you've yeah. got a, a, a player who is feeling good you don't want you like you don't want it you don't want to get to the summer and go um, God, I wish I, w- I wish we'd not dropped Jesus in this particular game because it kind of it, it knocked the flow of his performances and he never got back until the end of the season. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Guardiola minds that so much, or if he does mind it, he just does it anyway. Because I think with Sterling, you know, Sterling's a player who doesn't like coming in and out. I don't think, um, but but he does it. it anyway. He does it. It, it, it does it anyway and maybe you know maybe when we're looking at Sterling and rhythm and stuff we're saying what's going on with this guy you know that that is a part of it but I suppose that's that's the thing with Jesus isn't it like he can still come in and, and do a good job in big games but then yeah if you, if you are bringing him in out of the cold against you know Southampton or whatever he might it might not be it might not be quite as good but yeah, yeah exactly you are right like when, when you're in momentum like that when you've got confidence like that especially with Jesus I think you, I think you, you stick with it yeah uh, right, so that brings us to the end of uh, this week's Why Always Us. Thanks as ever to Sam Lee. No problem, mate. Thanks very much. Did you know that City became the first team to beat a Premier League opponent 15 times in a row yesterday? I have heard it somewhere. Yeah, mm. I can't remember where. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's good. Good fact. Top fact, that. No, no problem, mate. I'll, 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 if you like those, I'll, I'll add more in. Good. I, uh, I, I, next week. <laughs> I look forward to them. Um, don't forget, you can sign up to The Athletic right now for £1 a month for six months. You can use that deal and read Sam's piece on Jesus as well to uh, supplement this week's podcast. Uh, you can use the code MANCITYPOD to get that deal. The Athletic.